Hello and welcome to episode 128 of the Paro Pod. Uh, sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. Hello and welcome. It's your boys. It's me, Owen, and you, Mark, and you, dear listener. And today's episode, we are talking about our recommended film of the fortnight, 1985, Kira Kurosawa, Ran, Shakespearean adaptation set in feudal Japan. Yeah, very interesting movie. Is it feudal? Yeah, sure. feudal it's, Japan. Well, medieval Japan, is it? Well, yeah, it's like based on King Lear. Yeah, so, so feudal. feudal. Yeah. yeah, feudal. Samurais and shit. What's the difference between feudal and medieval? The same thing, aren't Feudal they? is the system. Yeah. It's the societal structure. It's basically the same thing. But though. medieval is the time period, I believe. Okay. Like, a feudal system is kings and lords and all that shit. But I think medieval is a specific, like, you know... For eleven hundred to you know fifteen hundred or something like that. All right, because you got right. the, like the Dark Ages and all that take place in, in in medieval times. And Japan had their ho- their own thing going on. Oh yeah, completely separate. They, ba- they banned foreigners now. <clears throat> oh yeah, they uh, what's that thing called? Enclosement. Yeah, and the Americans were like, they showed up with guns, were like, open up your fucking country, we're going to blow you up. And they're like, get fucked. <laughs> 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 you ain't you ain't, you ain't doing shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Strange old country, Japan. Yeah, like, Japan's a very interesting history. It really does. Such really an interesting history. Do you see it was 50 years, I think it was 50 years, since Mishima uh, attempted his, the other day, since, since he attempted his coup, <laughs> um, which is just one of the most incredible moments in, in all of history, I'd say. Just um, an incredible, like... W- one of the, one of the greatest movies um, came out of it as well. Like, oh, easy, yeah. Because I, I just saw it the other day, I was like, wow, what, what a cinematic moment in history mm. and what a great cinematic masterpiece came out of it yeah 50 years great writer great writer great movie yeah because i was talking to liam we were chilling the other day and he was like looking at my letterbox and he's like what the fuck is mishima i was like bro get on liam. that yeah liam he's never watched it he's never he's yeah. never i said like oh it's paul schrader and he's like saying less Say, say less. less. He knew. <laughs> he understood. He understood straight away. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he is. He's like, I was like, it's a sad man movie made by a sad man. He was like, sounds like my shit. <laughs> yeah, like Paul Schrader is like the American boomer Mishima. You know, <laughs> he would have done something like that if he was if he was Japanese and around in the sixties and seventies. Does America have like? Does America have anything like Mishima? Or like you know a figure like Mishima? Mm. Outside of like um. Uh, Waco or anything like that. Like Waco's a little bit different. I figure like like someone who just tried to overthrow the government. Yeah, like has like Donald outs- Trump. Yeah, I said I was gonna Donald say Trump is like, actually I'd say the closest. Yeah, probably actually is. I was gonna say outside of the January sixth shit. Just in terms of how he kind of combined, like Mission's whole thing of like aesthetics and nationalism. Like that's Donald Trump to it. You're a just T. describing fascism there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's his, that's Donald Trump's whole thing is like yeah. he's a TV game show host. Who was also the leader of a nationalist movement, um, an irredentist movement. Uh, return, make America great again. Return to the past. It's Mishima's whole thing. Let's return, make mm. Japan great again. So it's Donald Trump is the American Mishima. Yeah, like way less elegant, but yes. Like, like that, the Donald Trump movie in like 50, 60, 70 years is going to be banging. Oh, absolutely man. banging. It's going to be win all the Oscars. It's going to be absolutely banging. You know who. Who plays Donald Trump then? Well, we don't. They're not even born yet, probably. Fifty years. Oh, yeah, it's 
Timothy Chalamet at that stage. <laughs> I was just like, you've been around long enough. <laughs> you survived World War Five. Barry Keown. Get in there. You <laughs> get Barry Keown to do it. Barry Keown. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he gets the platforms on. You know, a little wig. He's a little bit sharp, but you know, we can, we can CGI him. <laughs> yeah, at that stage they'll have some at kind that of... Uh, they'll just have robots. Or, maybe it'll just be like CGI entirely. It'll just be an AI movie. Yeah, like Pixar or something. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Who knows? Who? The future of cinema. The future of cinema holds many questions. Many, many questions. It does. Um, it's not a really easy segue <laughs> after this, so... <laughs> the future. <laughs> it's like a mirror. Is it? It's a, Yeah, it's like a mirror. It's, it's just like reflecting on the future but having to look at the past. Yes, yes. I'd say I, I completely agree with you. Uh, it's not like the film Mirror. Returning to the past like we are currently doing now because the recursion i we talked about mirror okay andre tarkovsky's mirror 1974 five i i discussed this movie like two years ago two mm. years ago we've been doing this podcast and i talked about this movie long time and i watched it and i was like i feel like that film could be one of my favorites it's just not there right now because i don't know what the fuck it's talking about so i rewatched it and I was like, man, that is one of my favorite movies. And I don't know what the fuck it's talking about. Mirror. I think Mirror might be the most incomprehensible movie I've ever watched. Uh, nah, I disagree. Really? I disagree. Do you get like, when you're watching, when you, because you watched it for the first time. Uh huh. Did you watch it two years ago or was it just me? If I did, I don't remember. Okay, so <laughs> I might have like speed watched or something like mm. that, which is obviously completely. Yeah, un- there's no you way shouldn't you, do that. Yeah, yeah, you should not do that with this I movie. Don't, so I don't think I did watch it. Um, but honestly, I think it's incomprehensible in the same way a good poem is incomprehensible. You know, like, it's like hell ooh, or you know something like that. Yeah, like hell, wasteland. I said, what the hell? Pull up that English degree right there. It's all like those <laughs> three poems that we read. <laughs> it's the most famous poems yeah, ever no. written. It's like the Second Coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, stroke my chin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's no, just like, it's just like uh, Paradise Lost. You know, it's a lot like Milton's Paradise. It's not like a, a Divine Comedy in certain <laughs> ways. It actually uh, has references to Divine Comedy. At various points. Yes, it does. Reference um, to various p- pieces of literature. Yeah, yeah. Dostoevsky and shit like that. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's 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 incomprehensible because it's not a uh, conventional narrative film, I would, obviously. I would nearly go so far to say that it is not... It is not a movie. It's a film. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say it like that. <laughs> like, it's not... But even at that, like, there's, like... <clears throat> there's no... Like, saying that this film has no traditional narrative structure does not do justice to what this film is. Mm. Like, like, and, like, you know, you read and you watch all these reviews about Mirror. Because afterwards, I was like, I really love this movie. But I need to know, like, what do people say about this film? And everyone's just like, it's like a poem. It's like a poem. And I was like... Yeah, you're right, but like that doesn't. I that's. I don't feel like that does it enough justice. I feel like watching this it's movie. It's like a dream. It's like a dream, but also reliving your past, but also like because the sections of the movie where it's not the main, it's not following the main protagonist whatsoever, and it is stuff that the main protagonist could never know. Mm. You know, it's focusing on his on his mother before he was born, and. Mm. You know, I think that like the best way to describe this movie is that it is a movie about identity. 
and the things that make up your identity. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, like identity, dream, uh memory, poetry. Those are all the same things basically. Yeah. Those are all basically the same thing. Like poetry is just a bad translation of a dream, you know? Mm. It's just like And a loose translation of like one aspect of your identity yeah. at that moment. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um and the the whole sense of nostalgia. Like it's not obviously it's not it's not the same as a poem. It's totally different. Not that it's it's not remediation, for example. It's mm-hmm. not it's not we're not we're not putting one one form of media into into <laughs> into a different into a new a new form of media. It's because uh, this is something entirely different. This is cinema with a fucking accent oh, on man. the e. There's a capital <laughs> C there and an accent fucking <laughs> everywhere. Every single fucking on every letter. letter. <laughs> it's so grammatical. It's a gra- grammatical nightmare. Yeah, the N it's, even has that fucking weird squiggly one that the French do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like. It's not a. It's it's conjuring up some kind of like memory. Does it, again doesn't do justice either. But like it's just it's it's and it's not nostalgia. But it's just like a. It's a some kind of recall of something past. It's yeah. not necessarily linear in the sense that like oh I remember this A B C because obviously your memory isn't linear, and a lot of it isn't reliable yeah. either. And it's the same like even the the title you talk about mirror mirror as in say your memory of your childhood mirrors how you feel at that moment it mm. mirrors the present but also the present mirrors your past yeah so and also the future yeah so you're constantly shaped by what happened in the past but your past is also in a constant conversation with what's happening in the present yeah like how you like if like i don't know if people have ever had that but like you have a you experience something and then you hear someone else's perspective on that, and that shapes your memory mm. of that of your original of the event itself. You know, like, and even like in the movie, the stuff about like his mother. Not even gonna try and explain the plot in this movie because it's no point. Cooking point, yeah, um, yeah. like his mother, things that his mother has experienced influences who he is even though he wasn't alive yet because we live with the traumas and successes of our parents Mm. and that shapes who we are and then we move on and we experience the world and our you know our nation influences that the types of literature and religions that we go through also influences influences that uh the people that we meet influences that Mm -hmm. it was like the like the movies that we watch influence that. Like, there's just, like... It's like a, a kaleidoscope of, like, all the different things that make up a human being. Yeah, yeah. It's like when... I think it's a fairly relevant example because he was a Soviet filmmaker. Mm-hmm. It's back in the 30s when you had Eisenstein and Vertov and all the boys. Yeah. It was a Vertov. I can't remember his name. Um, I think, <clears throat> yeah, I think Vertov. Like, uh, Eisenstein, he had his whole montage thing that he was mad about. And he enlisted the help of James Joyce very briefly to write a script for Das Kapital. Mm. So he wanted, which is just a really weird episode that never materialized, but it was a plan. It was kind of being put in motion very briefly for a time in around 1930. And the idea for the script, it was based on, uh, or Eisenstein had kind of was inspired to ask Joyce based on his work in Ulysses, which is, I think, kind of similar to this to, to mirror and obviously much more expansive mm-hmm. but it, it kind of peels back the layers like lifts up the hood on what's happening in the life of a man in dublin on a particular day mm-hmm. in was it 1904 um and the, the 
the, s- the script that he wanted to write or they wanted Joyce to write would be a similar kind of trip where he peels back the layers of uh, the means of production basically mm-hmm. so like there's this like whole tract that Mark wrote, Mark's wrote about uh, like uh, you know the origin of say like uh, like a, a, a linen cloth like where does it come from like the different yeah. all, all the different actors involved in that how does it come to be how does it become a shirt yes you know it's very interest it's not it's not interesting at all but when you get into like the bare the you, nitty gritty yeah when you like pick that apart theory and philosophy yeah yeah and then it's it's a it's a kaleidoscope of of uh, of events that basically keeps exploding outwards mm-hmm. uh, basically creating a, like the whole idea that Marx seemed to put forward was basically a theory of the universe yeah of like of how these things how these things interact um become one dissipate into another all these different things uh, and mirror is like i think i would look at it in this a similar kind of way where it's peeling back the layers on how a person becomes to be yes basically. It's yeah like, it's like your past all these different actors it's not ne- necessarily about what you remember from the past but it's how your past shapes you yeah. and it's something it's this story is very much focused on um it's tarkovsky's it's like semi-autobiographical it's very much focused on his life or the, the main character's mm-hmm. life uh the people around him when he's a kid and when he's growing up and the events happening around him uh but at the same time it's it's about more than just the character it's about it's about all those other things as well yeah like they are main characters in the film like world war Two is a huge element of the film mm-hmm um, his mother's obviously a huge, huge element of the film, uh, but they don't, they're not really shown on screen. Well, the mother obviously is. Yeah, um, and the mother, the mother's actor is also the same actress as uh, the main character's wife or a strange wife or girlfriend. Who the fuck she is? Yeah. Like they're the same per, it's played by the same person. Yeah, yeah. So it're it's more so of a, it's like an abstract. Like, oh, Freud, you're going mad here. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's yeah, it's it's it, it, exactly. It's like a, it's an abstract theory of like personality, mm-hmm. um, and also media as well. I think. Oh yes, yeah. it's or it's it's more of a secondary interpretation of it. But the whole idea of the mirror, it's like our mem our mem our memory of the past, and the film is obviously something that took takes place in the past, both literally and figuratively. Um, and what we see is like bouncing back yeah. against us and we're constantly in the conversation with it as just as, as we are with our own pasts mm-hmm. and everyone else's past and the present at the same time yeah it's fucked up yeah man like, but like it's it's a crazy film I, lo- I loved it yeah I thought it was amazing because like yeah like the, the first time I watched it I was like oh, I feel like this is a movie I'm going to like a lot more on my second watch and when I did when I had that second watch it was basically the same experience but this time being like appreciating how this movie flows and the Mm. rhythm to this movie and like the imagery like i genuinely think and i know we say this all the time and we probably will say this about ran but i think that this is the most beautiful film ever shot like the scene where the and it's like you know it's the scene from this movie but the bit where there's children playing at the table or whatever like that and the camera slowly pans around and it goes outside really slowly and you see the barn burning the use of light in that scene Mm. holy shit like it's just gorgeous and it's constantly gorgeous Mm. um 
and as you're saying like about the the stuff about like world war Two, you have stuff about even sorry one more thing as well was the fact that that this is the death dream as well because it's revealed at one scene that the main character is dying so it alludes to the fact that like what we are witnessing is his death dream but that just makes everything more poignant i guess because yeah, yeah. it's like you know your past is in terms of like time your past your past life and like the moment you were born and the moment that you die all take all take place in the same moment mm-hmm. and like everything in between and everything before and everything after all make up like who you are which mm-hmm. is like thinking about the fact that like who you are after you die will impact who you are like who you are as a person will is different jesus christ Tom. who you are as a person is influenced by things that have not happened and things that happen after your death like who you are remembered to be yes 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 you know what i mean like who your children are make up who you are right now even though like that doesn't make any sense it does right no yeah yeah, because because it reflects your your present self and your past self reflect it bounces back into the future yes you know you're constantly traveling forward in time and that and that is reflected in the movie when the like the main character's child his son in the movie is the same actor as who the main character is as a young boy it's the same actor like this use of doubles just draws so much meaning it's like who you were as a young boy is like you can imagine that your child will be like that as well in a different world yeah yeah uh-huh. you know a different space of time the cycle because i think this movie is meant to take place in you know present day russia i.e 1970s russia so you know you are coming towards the end of the USSR, obviously it's twenty years away, but you know you are in the the twilight years of the Soviet Union. Like the sixties has happened. <laughs> like the Russia is a different country from what it was in ni- in the nineteen forties. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like how how, the, how all these factors make up who you are as a person. It's just poor, yeah, madness. And you're watching this movie, and you're like, how the fuck did he do this? <laughs> how did our, our Tarkovsky's brain work like this? Because like, it's one of those movies that you're just like, ah, oh, yes auteur cinema mm. like this is true authorship on display that's like one of the you know, only a handful of directors that you can say that about yeah but yeah. fucking Tarkovsky is one of them my god yeah like it's not even like he's not even like fucking galaxy braining some kind of alien concept I think the best thing about films like this and any great art is that like it kind of expresses things that everybody already knows yeah but you don't know that you know until yeah. you until you partake. Until you look in the mirror. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you look in the mirror. Um like like everyone like the there's different scenes that like like even just the scenes of, of uh it's his father reading poetry uh on voiceover. Yeah. Like it's his poetry that, that his father reads um over like montages of different scenery and Im- imagery. Um, that isn't like it is, it's mad abstract and it's not really it's not linear or anything like that but it's, it's very impressionistic but it is it has this it has a certain kind of vibe to it and then for example it's like towards the end where it's it, I think it's himself in the in the house where he's, he's brought up yeah it's like a log cabin and he's talking about oh like 
um, the feeling of remembering being, a, or like he has a dream about being a kid. Yeah. And he realizes in the dream that he's having a dream mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to wake up. Yeah. And it's kind of like a, it's like a microcosm of the film itself. Uh, but everyone knows that feeling. Yeah. Or like something yeah. resembling that feeling. But it's just like, it's like a nice kind of melancholic kind of feeling. But it's, it's universe, completely universal. Yeah. It you know? is, yeah. It's not some laser beam insight. It's just a really well articulated way of expressing something that everybody feels. Yeah. Which is why it's it's so powerful. I think, um, and we've done this with a Tarkovsky film before, which was Solaris when we compared it to, 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 to 2001. I think 2001 is like a great film to like, you know, kind of bounce other films off of, not that like 2001 is like, you know, this monolith of cinema that like, you can just, you know, all other films must be compared to or anything <laughs> the like that. monolith of cinema. Yeah. yeah. But what I mean is like, 2001 is a film about what it means to, you know, who, who what what are humans mm-hmm. whereas this movie is asking what does it mean to be a human like mm-hmm. what what like what are we in terms of what are we made up of psychologically whereas the other one's like what are we made up of you know particles and pieces and stuff like that and time and time and you know yeah. where are we going and shit like that as I, I, what does it mean to be a, a human in terms of a species whereas this movie is like what does it mean to be human in terms of an individual what mm. the, what 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 makes that what Makeup? Do you have in terms yeah. of those types of things? Uh-huh. Um, it's an insane. I think Tarkovsky films are just incredibly human films, mm. and really like reflecting on humanity and certain aspects of them. Like if you think, like even did like looking back at it, like Stalker, because I thought like at the time Stalker was Tarkovsky's you know masterpiece or anything like that. This movie I'll is like an hour and 40 minutes. Fuck me, man. This movie is better. Yeah, like, I yeah. think this movie, like, I think Stalker is its own different thing. But Jesus, Mirror is just, there's no, there is literally no other film like Mirror. Mm. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I love it so much as well. I, I prefer it definitely as well. And it is, it's it's a lot shorter. Mm. It is. It's, it's bizarrely short. Uh, it doesn't drag. Like, it's it's the, the rhythm. We've gone over films or we, we've covered films before. Which really drag. I try the same kind of thing. Yeah. And they really, it's you can feel that there's there's no real, there's no clip to the way that they're moving between passages or sequences or of imagery. Um, for example, uh, Zulowski's film. What was it called? Third part of the night. Yes. Like that's that was a. There's a film without rhythm. Yeah, it didn't have a lot of rhythm. Like it was whatever it was trying to say. It was it was I didn't know what it was trying to say mm-hmm. basically. And um, this film, it's it it it's whatever it's trying to say. I feel like I can get it, even though other people might see different things. It might reflect different ways to different people. Yeah, I think with this film, it's like it's not a film that you read into and analyze, and you know, analyze. It is a film that you feel. Yeah, it's yeah. a film that you like empathize with, and like it pulls emotions out of you. Whereas other films that can also be you know more abstract and stuff like that, either you need to rely on being analytical with them or you need to rely on being emotionally attached to them. And if it doesn't achieve either one of those things, it's just nonsense. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. And that's personally, and that is like, as this film taught me, that is up to the individual. That is like, that mm. is not, you know, an objective thing whatsoever. I'm sure there's some people that watch the third part of the night and like, oh, yeah, it's definitely. got this rhythm that like, you know, and I can read into all this emotion from it. Me, didn't get it. Two and a half star film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half stars. Miss Ruta. Miss Ruta. 
Imagine something like, you know, going on like a, an hour long soliloquy about how much they love a movie. And you're like, ah, two and a half stars. I'm sorry. So sorry. It's grand. Like that, like that, like that one shot. <laughs> yeah, I love the shot where he's doing the thing. Yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah, great. Zoom back as well. Yeah. Yeah, mirror. What? What a what a banger! Banger yeah. of a film. Banger. Like very. I I'm like so happy that you watched this, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, re- I really, really liked it. And it's also it's all com- completely free on YouTube. All of all of Tarkovsky films are. All of Moz films, all of the Soviet films are free on YouTube. Yeah. Which is like, they're still maintained as well. That 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 company still exists, and they still. Like, they're still constantly uploading new things mm-hmm. from, from their ar- archive, which I think is really cool and kind of cute. Yeah, um, it's maintaining it's 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 like a, a like an archive from like a lost civilization. Yeah, it's films that like you're like it's a different world. So there's certain films that like you know uh, like 2001 again, I can go see that in the cinema at like at one point during the year. Like that's like every nearly every year, 2001 will be will be shown in a cinema. Mm. Yeah, it ain't happening with this movie, and it's not happening with like the majority of like you know Russian films like that. So thank God that they have ease of use to go see them. Yeah, yeah, as as they would have intended back in the day. Truly, films for the people. Films for the people. Yeah, they buy the people for the people. <laughs> um, but yeah, this made, this made me want to watch um, Andre Rublev. I think it's called The Monk. Uh, yeah, because apparently that film is also just bananas but it's three hours long uh, we'll get there yeah i'll get there eventually but <laughs> i'm just not there yet <laughs> like fucking watching like a two and a half hour tarkovsky film nearly fucking kills people <laughs> just like uh, like i love them but goddamn they can be like certain not this one but like other ones can be god yeah. this is slow <laughs> Fuck you, this is slow it's like yeah i get it this it's like we're lingering on the uh on the hill listen i've reflected enough move on <laughs> <laughs> Come on, move on, old man. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the 21st century now. We truly are. And some films, they belong in the 20th century. Mark, tell me about Exorcist the Beginning. Owen, I'm so, so disappointed in you. Yeah, Owen is now... <laughs> I've hopped off this bang wagon. I'm not... <laughs> you just you just bailed. <laughs> you didn't even tell me. <laughs> you just bailed off the ship. Yeah, I, I, I again did not watch uh, our, our series reviews. So this... This series, man. Man, you are lucky. This film is dog shit. I don't have a lot to say about it because it's just rubbish. <laughs> it's just complete rubbish. Like you should have watched. I Ex- should have watched. Exorcist Three is yeah. a really good. What's the subtitle of that one? Is just called the Exorcist. Exorcist Three Legion. Legion, okay. Legion, yeah. So like we are Legion, you know, in the, the Bible. Exorcist: The Beginning is a 2004 film. It has Stellan Star Skarsgård. Doesn't name the old one. Yeah, yeah. The old guy. The one who's... He looks like Ferner Herzog. Yeah. Yeah, that one. He also yeah. kind of sounds like him a little bit as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's... Stellan? Stellar? Yeah, Stellar? Yeah, the older one. Whatever yeah. his name is. The old guy, yeah. Um, he's the main character in this. Uh, this film is just... It's just muck. Just pure muck. Like, I don't have a lot to say about it. It's like as if... So it's like two... It's like, you know... You know Indiana Jones? You know the way they... You know that the mummy, so it's 1999, the mummy. Mm-hmm. The mummy's based, it's Indiana Jones in Egypt, kind of. Yeah. Um, Very similar, like, you know, adventure movie. Yeah, yeah. Likeable protagonist. Yeah, this film is... is hot. Tr- <laughs> yeah, this film tries to be that, <laughs> but the main problem is Stellan Starsgard is not hot. Um, and, yeah, it's it's just, it's like a rip-off of a rip-off. 
Um, it's a ripoff of the Mummy, basically. Jesus, like a, like a complete ripoff. It takes place in Egypt for no apparent reason, like for for no reason whatsoever. Why not Iraq? There like is the other films. Yeah, place. there is a glaring like there is. It's not even well made. Like there's there's a there's such an obvious goof or like gaff in the first five minutes of the film. Mm. So like Stellan Skarsgård is there. He's this cool. He's uh, Mirren, Father Mirren mm-hmm. from like the other films. Uh, but he's younger, and it's like 1930s. Um, or wait, sorry, are we in Kenya? Maybe we're in Kenya. We're on the along the Nile anyway. Mm-hmm. We're in Africa, and he's just there. He's like drinking his whiskey, and he's like he's clearly been through a lot of shit. It's actually after the war because he has these whole flashbacks about. Um, he was a priest during the war, and this Nazi officer who's like comically evil <laughs> is like he's like there is God, no God here, Mister Mirren. And then he makes him kill like ten random like civilians. Yeah, he, but he has to pick them. It's this whole thing. It's it's and like there's all there's a bizarre amount of gore in the film as well, which is just weird for a mummy ripoff. So like also s- also weird for a exorcist movie that doesn't really have yeah, any gore it's, whatsoever. Yeah, it's very strange. So he kill so the Nazi has to kill kills these civilians that uh, Mirren has chosen, but you see, and he kills kids, but you see them every every single civilian you see the headshot, like it, it lingers just long enough for you to what see the, the heads get shot. What was the two thousands like? Need for gore, like just senseless gore. But uh, is it nine eleven? Is that what caused it? <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. But like this film well, just. When did this film come out? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Jesus Christ! But it just struck me as like it's just kind of so unnecessary to show like to show the two headshots on kids, and then like there's other there's like this this weird fetus at one point as well. But anyway, sounds he's, great. He's there in the bar, and there's this is weird guy. First five minutes, he's there at the bar drinking away. He's so troubled. He's like thinking about life, and obviously he's got some kind of character to him. He's 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 grisly. He's like, oh, like, well, what kind of adventure is he going on next? Even though he's a pr- he's like a failed priest <laughs> in the middle of Kenya, um, and this guy comes up to him and he's British, and he's like, we found a church, um, it's an old Christian church. It's buried here in uh, it's from circa five A.D. It's buried here in Kenya, and uh, like, understandably, Mirren is like, that's just complete bullshit. Like that just that doesn't that, that literally doesn't make any sense. Mm. Like five AD, Jesus was five years old. How is there a church dedicated to Jesus buried in Kenya uh, from five AD? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, like that just doesn't add up at all." And there's this whole mystery about like why why was the, why is the church buried? How did it get down here? Why is it from five AD? Though that's not part. Like they just fucked that up. I think there's just a con- continuity issue. Um, like there's nothing about yeah. Well, how, how, why is there a church dedicated to Jesus before he even died in Africa? Um, and it's, it's obviously it leads back to demons and the exorcist. That still doesn't make any sense. But anyway, go on. It doesn't make even, any even, sense. Even under the magical guise of ooh demons, that still doesn't make any fucking sense. The whole thing is, and like the the tribes people are like are like the locals. They hate the British, obviously, and they kind of have this notion about what's happening. And uh, once they like kind of uncover, they they dig out the the church to get inside. It's like all these all the idols and the different statues and the crucifixes um, are perfectly pristine, as if the church had been buried immediately. You know, so there was no weathering or anything, which also doesn't make any sense because if it was buried, it would have caved in. But anyway, so like so the 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 crucifix, for example, is turned upside down, and there's like you know one of the ch- statues is a big dick out, and uh, like they're all like demons and stuff. And like Mirren's like, there's something off here. 
There's something not right here. Crucifix <laughs> is upside down. Mm. We got to get to the bottom of this. And uh, yeah, obviously it's demons. Thing is, the church was bare. It was uh, built on top of a an ancient pagan human sacrifice. Site. Fucking Jesus! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Man, pa- if there's one trope, I'm glad that we don't see anymore. It's that fucking bullshit fucking trope of ooh, it was built on an ancient such and such ground. Yeah, yeah. The pagans. Fucking hell! It. No more, please. Yeah, it's it's so stupid. So the pagans were evil, obviously, and the demons controlled the pagans and they worshipped the demons, and so all, all Christianity is good. So I remember we, we I was saying like was it the second film I was like this this film the second Exorcist is like it's not Catholic enough this film is way too it's like too Protestant you know <laughs> it's all about oh you know it's like, it's so like presumptuous about yeah the pagans were fucking evil Christ is good the power of Christ compels you in like a really unironic like just like I don't know a kind of insulting way mm. but anyway that's it's an Exorcist film so whatever and it's mid two thousands made in America. Um, yeah, it turns out that uh, yes, the Battle of Beelzebub, all this shit. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's, I just I've run out of steam here because this, fil- this film is just muck. The thing is, it's two hours long. It's two hours long. <laughs> he has to battle Beelzebub. He doesn't. He doesn't mention this in any of the other films. He's like, yeah, I've, I've met this demon like four or five times before. I I, bat- I had a battle with him in in Kenya oh, in uh, in the fifties. And it, it it's, the film is two hours long, and like I was, it, it talking about Mirror, talking about movies with no rhythm, talking about films with no no rhythm. Mirror is an hour and a half ish, and by a, a director who is fa- world famous for being extremely slow, yeah, having like really long, deliberate panning, uh, like thoughtful, pensive shots. This film is just like some bullshit Hollywood mid two thousands rip off film. It's two hours long, and it's it just oh my god! It's it feels like it's four hours long. Like I got an hour into it, and I was like, "This is about to end, right?" Because it feels like it's about to end. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is the like the final fight sequence. There's an hour left. How <laughs> <laughs> is there an hour left? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And then there's three or four more fight sequences what? before the film ends, and like what is, each what, one of them is like fighting. They're just fighting demons and stuff. Jesus. <laughs> They're fighting demons. There's this, there's one where he's like, uh, they lynch the British officer in charge, mm. and it feels like oh, like it's culminating to, like like, Murren has to get the fuck out of it. Like he tries to save the British guy, but he's like, oh, fair enough. Like the locals want to kill him because they think the demons inside of him. Fair enough, I'll leave him to it. Now I got to get back and like kill the actual demon. But he goes off on some other side quest, and he's like, oh, I'll get around to the demon. You know, I think it's another twenty five minutes in the film, and it's like it's full of these like it has jump scares, a lot of jump scares. Mm. Which aren't even real jump scares. Just like go like, like, yeah, yeah, like uh, fast cuts and loud noises, uh, and has like the, the endings, the false endings, are like jump scares as well. Because you're thinking, oh, thank God, this film is over. And then it's just like, oh no, it isn't. It's got another, you know, half an hour, forty minutes left. Yeah. Um, it's just muck, pure muck. I'm, I'm sorry to say. I've never, <laughs> I th- I've never seen you be so hateful about a movie. It's before. just shit. <laughs> I, like this is new energy. I think like. Like as soon as you started, I was like I don't have a lot to say about this movie, and then you just went on a tirade for like seven minutes and burnt yourself out. I'm glad, I'm happy for you, I Mark. Fe- I feel, <laughs> I feel like I needed to to kind of express it because it's, it's just it's a it's insu- just dog shit. It's dog shit. Um, yeah, it's just rubbish. Yeah, it's just, there's no other word for it. And it's like, do you know what I hate as well? It's like there's a certain thing about like two thousands bad movies that. They're, they are bad. They're like, 
But they're like, you know when you watch like, let's say, The Room or something, you know, a famously like bad movie. There's like character to how bad the movie is. But the 2000s, yeah. like big budget studio movies are like so lifeless that there's nothing to them. That's it. That's They're what vapid movies. I wanted to say the film was insultingly mid, but it's not mid by any description. It's just like the way it's made is very mid. Like it's not like a badly made film, really. Mm. Except for like the most such like biz- like a, a heretical. I wish people. Could, I wish we had video for this podcast because people need to see like your eyes just darting <laughs> back and forth, just thinking with these shots. It's just it's just a heretical uh, continuity error in the first five minutes of the film. Yeah, we found a church is buried in five A.D. Five A.D. What? This film is about religion. It's like, Do you think? Okay, so like for because right, this movie was done because. Paul Schrader had made an Exorcist movie. Do you know what this movie is? No. Okay. So the one that you watch now, I prom- I promise you I will watch the next one. I promise you. I promise. I will also... I have like... Next week, I have no more assignments. I will catch up on the Exorcist movies and I will watch the No, next don't one. watch this one. Watch the third no, one. No, I need to watch the, this one because this movie was oh, made yeah, because Paul Schrader made an Exorcist movie that the studio hated. They took it away from him. They got another director in and they basically recut and jambled around the movie and made this movie. Mm. So then Paul Schrader's movie came out, I think literally the next year or the same year as yeah. this movie, but is also meant to be dog shit. So, <laughs> I have to watch that then. Paul Schrader maybe maybe had some some ideas. I don't know who made this film, but they should be neutered. Like, cause um, it's just I really hope that I really hope this is not the Paul Schrader one. I'd be really upset. If this is the Paul Schrader. I would also one. be very upset. But he has made some dog shit films. He has made some. He dog made shit Cat movies. People, which was rubbish. Um. Oh yeah, I remember you watched that. Yeah, movie. that film is terrible. Um, I'm gonna be very upset if, if, if I will also Sir be upset. Sir Paul Schrader made this movie. Um, uh, I think he made Dominion. So Dominion came out the same year. So the beginning game was made by Henny Har- Rennie Harlan, and then Dominion, sorry, Dominion prequel to The Exorcist came out in 2005, and that was directed by Paul Schrader. And this movie came out in 2004. Like, but like they're the same cast. Like, Stellan St- Skarsgård. Is the star in both of them? Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Wait, how is this worse? How is this rated worse? Or the sorry, the pulse. Oh no, sorry, it's not. It's not. So, yeah, man, two point one. Like this, this is this is a one star film. Yeah. So, it's 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 insultingly bad. Yeah. It's so, it's dancing on the grave of Beelzebub in an obnoxious way. You know. Yeah, in a way that somehow like. You know, insulting. Is Beelzebub in Somehow this movie? heretical. Yeah. Huh? Somehow that's heretical. <laughs> is Beelzebub in this movie? Oh, of course he is, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he calls him out. He's man, like, Beelzebub. He's a demon alone, man. What did he ever do to anyone? He's, he fucking possessed one girl one time. Jesus, let him go. Uh, oh, oh, no, appar- apparently the, the, the original film, it's like, like, Mirren has this fucking decades-long beef with this one demon, you know? So it's like retconning the... Well, like, it, it doesn't matter because the film is completely discarded. Was in Beelzebub, the chronology now. Was Beelzebub mentioned in the new one? I don't think it was. was uh, it? No, was he not? I'm pretty sure it was. Well, maybe he was. Is that the demon that's possessing them, or is it just demons? I think it's briefly. Actually, yeah, no, it's not multiple. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. That movie is so that fucking film, bad. That film was rubbish as well. So which one's the worst one so far? Because seemingly, 
I like the way the horror f- franchises frequently have like one good movie, then there's a sequel that's pretty good, and all the rest of them are dog shit. Yeah. I'd say the recent one was... I think they're they're basically the same, but like just from different time periods. Mm. Like the the new one is the equivalent to the one that I just watched. It's just made twenty year, twenty years later. Yeah, it has that like, stank of recall. Yeah, it has that it has that twenty twenties like smell off it. Yeah. Whereas the one I watched with uh, Skarsgård has the two thousands rip off. Like which is no, no one's worse. Ha- yeah, no one's heart is in it. Uh, badly cut. It, it's it's age worse, but like I'd say. They'll both, uh, given time, they'll both end up being the same level of bad. Yeah. You know, in, in with with posterity with the history books. When they look back, when the, the history books. When they look back, they'll they realize that both these movies are equally shit. They'll rank them along alongside each other. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. <coughs> fair enough. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I didn't watch a movie that bad. I watched. Uh, <laughs> well. Talking about movies. Well. Talking about movies where you look back in the history books and you think about what used to be. I think this episode is very reminiscent. Like, we're thinking about time. We're thinking about memories. We're thinking about things that used to be and how things used to, you know, something used to be good. And Pixar used to be good. Mm. Pixar was once amazing. They made so many great movies. Guaranteed to be good. Guaranteed. Those first, was it like eight movies nine movies up to like 2010 every single film was guaranteed to be Toy good. Story Toy Story 2 Bugs Life Toy Story 3 Wally first seven minutes up uh, hey hey hold on a second <laughs> that's sacrilegious uh, Ratatouille Monsters Inc Monsters Finding Inc. Nemo Finding Nemo uh, there's another one there what's the other one that's there Cars Cars is okay it's not great oh, I actually know Cars is shit sorry Cars is, Cars is mid I'm a Cars hater Cars is just mid Cars 2 is really bad, but Cars is yeah, okay. kind of made. I feel like there's another film in there. Did we say The Incredibles? We'll say it again. Oh, yeah. Because Incredibles is great. Incredibles is unbelievable. It's not incredible. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's gonna I was actually going to say Incredible. I was like, I'm not going to write that. <laughs> At what stage did Pixar just make mid-movies consistently? Inside of. People like Inside Out, and I really, genuinely, do not know why. I don't. I don't like it. I don't. I don't get it. I. I can. I can see it as a. It's an all right movie. Same way Cars is like all right. Yeah. But like beyond that, well, I also don't get the obsession with Cars. Besides the fact that it's like kids like it. That yeah, kids you like, just answered your fucking question. Well, yeah, kids. kids like Cars, but yeah. like Inside Out is like, why is that a good movie? I don't understand. Because it's about emotions. It's about emotions. It's about being a teenager. Oh yeah, it's like. She's blue, so it means she's sad. Oh, she's yellow, and she's happy. Oh. And, oh, there's a, an imaginary friend. Oh. It's about the kid, and it's very sad stuff. Isn't that what Toy Story is about? But it's also but it's also an adventure movie, which is like every single fucking Disney film, which is mm. why the movie's made. Um, yeah, yeah. So I watched Elemental, and this movie was so mid, it made me re- Structure my letterbox so that now I do half stars. <laughs> uh, so I could give this film two and a half stars. Fucking hell, man. Like, this movie made me, like, sad. This movie made... I was watching a movie and I was like... There's an emptiness to this film. Like, I'm sitting here and there's aspects of this film that I'm actually enjoying. But the midness is just overbearing. Mm. And it's upsetting me. There's not... 
the same love and heart to this movie as there used to be in all those old Pixar movies. Which is like, that's obviously like a common thing. Like, is Good Dinosaur the worst Pixar movie? I've never seen it, I have to say. I said it Cars 2. Possibly it is. Like, I remember watching like Good Dinosaur and I watched the film like more or less when it came out. I think it was like, I think Good Dinosaur came out the same year or like around the same time as Inside Out. And I watched Inside Out and I was like, oh, man, I didn't rate that movie. And then I heard Good Dinosaur wasn't that good. And I watched that and I was like, man, I really didn't like that movie. Holy fuck, that movie is shit. <laughs> um, like, what? Like, I just like, Elemental. Elemental is just about. And mind you, right? So there's like a. I, I, there is a racial allegory to this movie. How? Because it's different elements and the so you got the fire mm. people you got the water people you got the earth people and you got the wind people which one is the black people well there's no there's no like explicitly black people but like the fire people are like middle eastern people <laughs> what <laughs> why <laughs> <laughs> well like <laughs> i don't like I, like it just raises so many questions well why are they assigned to fire why is there a need to have that? That allegory. But there you go, man. Wait, That's wait, wait. the fucking problem with this movie. <laughs> it's like, it's not like even blatantly in your face. But like, I was listening with Melissa. I'm like, at one stage they show like the the fire. It's like 9-11, but in Elemental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only we could all get along. Pixar, out of the game. It's like, just like, I don't know. It's really weird. Like, it's like, they introduce these concepts, but they don't like, go hard enough with them or something. Like, so, like, it shows, like, so it's about, like, I don't even fucking care. It's about, like, a fucking firewoman and a waterman falling in love. And, oh, like, they can't be with each other because they're fire and they're water and they cancel each other out. But, no, true love means that if you truly love one another, even though you're with species that you're not meant to be with, <laughs> you can still coexist and it's fine. Yeah. Right? That's, that's so racist. That's what the movie is fucking saying. Yeah. Um, and but like it ends up being like, no, like races can actually coexist together, even though like in this movie, even though in this movie, right? This is what the problem is with this movie, right? So it's not even the problem with the movie. It's just like raises. It got oh man, right? Fostered. <laughs> <laughs> the movie starts with fire dad and fire mom being the first fire people to arrive to elemental city whatever the fuck it's called <laughs> <laughs> and so just like that, that's what the writers were like as well it's like they're pitching the movie so the film starts it's like they they arrive in whatever the fuck they, elemental city we'll call they it come off that's a, brilliant they come off the fucking boat i'm not even joking when i say this they come off the boat and they walk in and the fucking water person whoever the fuck it is asks them what's your name and they say their name in like the f- their fire tongue <laughs> and the water dude doesn't know what they say so he says okay we'll just call you ember and blaze or whatever the fuck he says uh-huh. right so immediately i'm like okay right they're fresh off the boat and they're be- they're coming to this city and as they're walking into the city, they can see that the first people that came here were the water people, then the wind people arrived and then the earth. And when they come in, you can see how wind 
water and earth all can mesh together perfectly like they each complement each other. Mm. Fire burns this down, right? Fire comes in and they can't go. They bump into the, you know, the earth people and they burn off all their leaves. You know, water boils around fire. Mm. The fire is a destructive force in this environment, you know? But so they get co- so they come in and they're given no support whatsoever. You get science to come up and say, no fire people allowed. We won't <laughs> rent to you. Go off to the, the shantytown <laughs> stage of uh, of the of this elemental city and you can set up your own f- ghettos, essentially. And you can start... You can live in a section there and don't worry, like, his water obviously puts out fire. Uh, no water will go into fire. And, like, right... They should have been apartheid state with This is the confusing city. thing about the movie, right? Because water isn't there is fire and there is fire people. Mm. There is water, but there is also water people. Yeah. Like, not all water in this movie is people. There is the non living water and then the living water. All right. Right? Just so we're clear on that. Yeah, so yeah. they're like, we're not gonna let water get into your city, i.e. the non livable water. Yeah. Water people can come in, that's fine, but not the non-livable water. Wait, what? Right? <laughs> so, oh. Right. So, water stops going into the fucking city or whatever, into the se- section or whatever. And our main character, Amber, she has a temper because she's made of fire. So, she has a temper. She's mm. angry. She was... Stereotypes. Yes. Um. Also very stereotypical because she's meant to be, like, a woman of color. So... Yeah. You know... <laughs> <laughs> They're always at it. Yeah, there's always something there. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, so anyway, she fucking has a temper tantrum, essentially, and causes the pipes to burst in her gaff, which water comes in, and in comes water, dude, and thus our romance blossoms from there. And there's all this stuff about the facilities not being put into the fireplace to keep them safe because they are they don't want to integrate with the rest of the world. Like, literally, like, she goes into the elemental city, like, the main hub and stuff like that, and she has to wear, like, a scarf around her head. Mm. <laughs> what? This movie's not very good, this, Mark. This movie's crazy. Like, this movie's... H- how did this get, like... This movie's fucking crazy because it doesn't, like... It's surface level. Like, everything that they talk about is pure surface level. They don't go into it, like, really at all in any sort of meaningful way outside of the elements can survive to each other even though like the film doesn't really show that like at all outside of these two like that you they, can't they can integrate it doesn't show that it doesn't show that no. i don't think it's i don't think it's like i think the reason why they don't do that is because it's that'd it's, be too powerful a message it'd be too that's what they're afraid of well no because it'd be like <laughs> it, i think it'd be a weirder thing to be like, oh, see, you integrated into our society, so now everyone gets along. Yeah. I think that'd be like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a weirder, like, message that the good thing is that you let go of some of your stuff and then you, you integrate it into our society. Yeah. I think, like, you know, the multiculturalism thing is kind of weird. Even though the wind, earth, and water people do that, but whatever the fuck. Um, like, I think that's a weirder thing. But I think, that, like, it could have helped a little bit if you showed just fire people being in the elemental city a little bit. I think that would have helped a little bit. <laughs> like, at the very least, she's not the only fucking one walking around. <laughs> and there's, like, a bit where, like, uh, there's, like, a bit where 
she steps on like a gem and it, like she changes color because the gem goes like you know like whatever it goes up to her and um he's just, like the water dude's like whoa that's insane i never knew that about fire people it's like yeah and then she jumps around all these different gems and she keeps changing color so it's like very clear that like nobody like the fire people who are clearly meant to be like middle eastern ish like they chose their back their back like their backstory and melissa lich went oh right they're meant to be middle eastern um because like it's really it's really on the nose about that shit um and like uh, it's just uh, i don't know like do something more with this also you disney stop trying this like you tried it with utopia and it was also fucking weird when you had the race thing there <laughs> just leave the race messages alone it's, it's so so like insultingly simplistic yeah i think yeah. that's the problem it's like fire and water we can still get along man it's like it but like literally i don't like what would you go with like elements like all the obviously the elements all complement each other, so I suppose that's like the thrust of that is the thrust the theme. Even though at the offset it seems that fire doesn't integrate because it's it destroys. Yeah, the movie also doesn't it doesn't show. Oh, no, sorry, it does. It does show the. I was gonna say it doesn't show the constructive side of fire, but like fire can if it gets sand, fire can make beautiful glass artwork. Mm. So they're good for cheap labor. <laughs> they're not all bad. Yeah, no. <laughs> some of them have talents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some of them can make shiny things that we can buy. Yeah, some of them make some of them make actually good art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're worth keeping around that we can commodify. It just um, it sounds so insulting to like something like so, like fire and water, like to essentialize like a race allegory in that kind of way. It's just so. I don't like. I feel like that's just racist in itself, you know. Yeah, but like, I think at the very least, like, the film doesn't turn around and say, "Yeah, we're all the same." It doesn't do I, that. I, I, I prefer that to be honest. No, at least at the very least, it's like it, it, like they clearly have clear cultural distinctions between them, but they just they can and do coexist and make a more peaceful, prosperous world. Mm. But but they're essentially incompatible because they're two different. They yep. they cancel each other out. Yep. I, I, they can get along, but they're at their bare bones. They're incompatible, and frequently that does happen. Like yeah. there's a scene where like the water dude, quote unquote, dies because reasons. A flood comes into the fire people's place, and she has to hide in a room that gets blocked off. And he's in the room with her, but the room starts to heat up because she's in the room, yeah. and he starts to evaporate. Yeah, and he dies. And he only comes back to life because water people are really emotional. Mm. And she makes him cry. And it doesn't make any sense. But the crying makes him form a pool of water, even though he's meant to be dead. And he comes back to life that way. Oh, that makes sense. But, like, you just showed me there that the two elements can't be locked in the same room as each other or else one of them kills the other one. Like, that is literally what you're yeah, after showing me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just... Uh, I can't believe that got... Gee, I haven't seen it now, but just based Humor on... Humor and everything it. else. Jesus, man. Like... What's it like? The wind person's called Gale. Gale, okay. And is There's, it... Does it have, like, jokes for adults? Or is it just, like, kind of a kid? Like, Inside Out, I didn't feel like... Like, yeah, like Monsters Inc. For example, Incredibles. Mm. They had their stuff funny. Yeah, I feel like I, I can watch still them jokes, again. Yeah, yeah, you can still watch them. Still have fun. 
Mike Wazowski, great character, still funny, slapstick, still makes sense. You know, it's still laughable. But then, like for example, watching Inside Out, I did, I don't think didn't find any of that funny. There's a joke where they're like on a hot air balloon, and they go past like an Earth people house. Excuse me, and um, they see two little trees picking apples off each other, and they're like, "Woohoo!" And uh, when they see, they like lock eyes, and the you know fire girl and the water boy are like, like big eyes, like what the fuck, like as if they're like witnessing like an indecent act. Uh. And then the other two are like, "Oh, we're just pruning." I. I don't even know what that could have been an allegory for. I literally don't know what the joke is. I don't even know what the fuck, like... What, they're beating what? each other off. They're, but they're plucking apples from each other and, like, going, ooh, it's like, I don't even know what sexual act you're trying to make a joke about. Or is it just meant... To, I don't know. I genuinely... I don't know what that was a joke. Was that a joke? I don't know what that was. That's for the people in Elemental City. That is, That's yeah. what all you people out there... Yeah, you sick freaks. <laughs> 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 yeah, like it's just jokes like like that's the most like uh, like adult joke in the entire film, and it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's terrible. It doesn't sound like a two and a half star film at all. It, uh, but it is because like the animation is really nice, and actually, I did f- like I really liked the relationship mm. between the water boy and the fire girl. Like that is cute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Although I will say, in a film that's about like you know representation, those Earth people, poor representation. They were barely in the fucking movie. The Earth people. Yeah, barely in the movie. One shitty, annoying kid, and that was it. Yeah. Cast into the dirt. Yeah. Always the way, man. Yeah. Always forget about the green folk. Always forgotten. Green folk. <laughs> okay, will we go for a wee break? Let's 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 do that. And now for not a recommended film. It sounds like <laughs> I was winding up for that. We're going to talk briefly about The Hunger... Oh, fuck's sake, Arsenal won. Ah, <laughs> last minute. Ugh, fuck's sake. Live reaction right there. Anyway, um, Hunger Games. I rewatched The Hunger Games 1, 2, and 3 there last week. And it just, uh, just to briefly touch on I just wanted to mention it. 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, 1, 2, and 3. Is that oh, sorry, a no, sorry, there's four, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I consider... It, I go by the books. Mm-hmm, fair so enough. So the books, there's three books. Uh, and uh, I refuse to recognize the bifurcation of the last book. Um, but yeah. Was that the most egregious version of that? It really wasn't. Because it kind of is... It does make sense. But yeah, it, it, like, it genuinely actually does make sense. Like, Deadly Hollows also makes sense. Hobbit, for example. That, that, is, that actually is the most absolute egregious. joke. Yeah, that like, is... Like, that was ridiculous. That was absolutely ridiculous. I forget that The Hobbit exists. That is the most egregious that, example of that. That is abs- ridiculous. Yeah. What was it, three movies? Three movies. Out of a 200-page book. Anyway. Each one, like, two and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, The Hobbit. Um, but the, the Hunger Games, yeah, there's four movies. And uh, I just wanted to touch on it because, uh, like, it kind of gets a bad rap. A little bit. I think it does a little bit. It does a little bit. It, get, it gets kind of discarded in, like, at the time you had, remember... What was it? I think an elemental. Was it uh, Divergent, Insurgent, Maze Runner? All that sh- yeah, Maze Runner. It had loads of copycat movies, but it's uh, Hunger Games. They're all copycats of Hunger Games, both in which bo- itself is a copycat of Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but within what Hunger Games is trying to be, you know, it's kind of 
it occupies its own space and still occupies that space in the kind of the cultural imagination. Mm-hmm. Like Hunger Games, it's, it's been over ten years since the first one came out. People still, it's still kind of like a touchstone. Like everyone knows, everyone's seen the Hunger Games. Yeah, everyone knows about it. Everyone knows the basic plot. <coughs> you know the capital. You know the districts. All that shit. Um, and it really holds up. Like it, like it really, like it holds up, like bizarrely well. That second film is banging. The second film is really good. Yeah, yeah. like it, it ends like, actually, yeah. Parts of the Caribbean, another example, shouldn't have been split into two parts. But anyway, um, but like, because the second one's kind of like the second Parts of the Caribbean book, mm. book or movie, where it ends on like a cliffhanger. Yeah, and there's a lot going on in the middle of it, and it's pretty maybe the best film, one of the best films from the series, in my opinion. Parts of the Caribbean. Yeah, I I watched. Curse of the Black Pearl, Curse of the Black Pearl, mm. like recently enough, and I was like, I always remember as a kid not really liking Dead Man's Chest. I think I, d- I think my opinion on that movie would change now. Mm. I think because enough people have said to me Dead Man's Chest is actually the best one. I'm like, as a kid, I was like, Nah, World's End. And I was like, Nah, World's End's the worst one. <laughs> so I don't know what to believe now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, wait, that wasn't a book being split into two parts. What am I talking about? But anyway... I was slightly confused about that allegory, but keep going anyway. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. What am I talking about? Anyway, but the second part of the Caribbean film is kind of like the second Hunger Games film. The second Hunger Games film, though, is better. Uh, Catching Fire, it's very good. Deals with all the... Like, it's such like a... It's the logical kind of continuation of like the Harry Potter gen- generation. Yes! It's yeah. the logical yeah. next step. Like Harry Potter, it's it's unique in the way from Philosopher's Stone to Deadly Hallows, you kind of grow up with those movies, and we did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 like great. It's like there's a gradient to it that it, like it makes sense. Like the themes ratchet up every every single movie. Yeah. Um, and and the Hunger Games is kind of like it's like a um like a cultural kind of capstone on top of that yeah where it's it's much the teams are a lot more serious oh yeah it's like straight uh, away this is much more dark yeah yeah it's not like oh you know uh, hitler wizard versus uh, innocent boy or whatever it's 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 really it's more like a, it's like a political thriller for the most part mm-hmm. um and it's like post-apocalyptic in a way that isn't completely like hackneyed like a lot of films that came out a lot of books yeah. that came out at that time and it's it's also it's quite complex emotionally, for for what it is. Yeah. Like for what it is, it's just it's it's a very good series. Like the first four. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the new one. Um, maybe I might go see it. Or not. I, I might. I might watch it. Heard anything about that movie? Neither have I. Yeah. I haven't heard a thing about it. I've I've seen reviews are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't be in a rush to go see it. It's on the dodgy box, so I might give it a watch. But. I I watched I re, me and Orla we watched the the Hunger Games series just because the new one was out mm-hmm. just it was just on my mind um, and I always kind of liked the movies but I always hated the the last two I fucking hate that second I had never seen the last one I fucking hate that second last one I think it's so boring oh yeah yeah I know what you mean yeah where the they get him back at the end Peter they get him back at the end they yeah they get him back like, at the end and there's like the whole revolutions are all happening it's just I remember watching this being like, oh, this is boring because like, it's too, it's too much, strange enough, it's too much politics in this political theory. Yeah, yeah, that's, like, that's what kind of what I mean. Like, it's it's very, it's not um, as flashy as maybe you'd expect mm. for, like, a Hollywood blockbuster, especially, like, I kind of, res- I, I, I didn't like the third and the fourth, but I kind of respected them more watching them again, just because it there is really more of a focus on themes and being consistent with with the 
the spirit of the franchise yeah. rather than going for... Like, it could have very... Like the book is very similar. Um, I can't actually remember it. Mockingjay. The book, yeah. the uh, Hunger Games, Mockingjay, the book. It's very... very. I remember being very depressed reading that book. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? There's no real... Ha- like, there's a happy ending, but it's not really a happy ending. Yeah, yeah. And everything is awful. And it's just a very depressing book. I found it very depressing. Uh, the film could have easily changed that and be like, we defeated, you know, uh, Snow... Hitler. <laughs> yeah, we defeated Hitler and we created a democracy. Everything was fucking grand from then on. And obviously they do win at the end, but it doesn't go off in a big victory lap mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, everyone had such a great time and every the world was at peace once more. It's f- and, and like all all through the film as well, like it, it doesn't it sticks to sticks to its uh, sticks to its guns. Mm-hmm. It stays true to the book, stays true to the the, the spirit of the franchise uh, in a way that's respectable, maybe not as interesting as it could have been, um, but still, I still thought it was good. Anyway, yeah. that, that's that's all I want to say. I thought it was, I think that, it's a good franchise. I think, yeah, because one of one of pegged the Hunger Games as something that you enjoyed, Mark. I know I like the Hunger Games. Yeah. I, I like the books. Uh, I always found it weird how how I kind of experienced the third book because it, it is kind of I thought it was very depressing to read. I think also somebody I. Because we had to do Hunger Games in college. Did I read the second and third book? I don't think I did. I think I read the first one. Yeah, because the first book is um, first book's good. It's good. It's like it's a good YA book. Yeah. Um, and then usually they they bottle it after that. Like I back when it first came out, like when I was like twelve or like thirteen, I used to go through like loads of different franchises like that. And they'd always bottle it for the, the second and then the third and the fourth. It'd get worse and worse and worse. Um, it'd be the same thing again and oh. again and again. But Hunger Games was very, very consistent. And it was very, very... It, it seems like it was planned out well in advance. Yeah. Like, it seemed like vaguely realistic and not as, like, not as fantasy-oriented as a lot of them were at the time. Yeah. Um, in a way that was depressing, but also you can appreciate it a bit more maybe in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I still, still think about it from time to time. Whatever you said there, just I think it's the fact that you said like it's a good YA book, and whatever way that you described that, you just unlocked a memory of books that I read. That I think I read two of them. I think one of them was called The Fear, and the other one was called The Dead, or something like that. Oh uh, wait, wait, is this Charlie Hickson or is this about zombies? Zombie podcast? Yeah, yeah, I read them as well. No way, yeah, bro! Yeah, I read no them. way! Yeah, I read them. Yeah. <laughs> Get the yeah. fuck out of here! I read all of them. Yeah, yeah. no, I th- I think I already read two of them. I was like, I forgot about those books. Holy shit! Mm. Yeah, they were. <coughs> I remember them being pretty good. They were fucking gory. They were they were so gory. I remember, but like, yeah, they they changed character like a main character. Every, yeah, every every book. every book was based on a different set of kids, and all of them got fucked up at the end of it every single time. I remember one of them made me cry because it was like it was really emotional. Yeah, scene. man. <laughs> Those like, kids sacrificed for each other. Yeah, and they were, they were all like 10, 12, 13 years <laughs> old. Know, yeah. It's like, what? This is so fucked up. Uh, there's one scene where like a, a, there's like a, the smaller kid gets like bitten or he gets infected. I can't remember the, the details of the plot mm. or the story. Uh, but and the, the, like, the main character basically brings him back to his childhood home and like like let's like leaves him to die in his childhood room. Yeah, and I was like, this is so fucking. Sad. I was like, yeah. I was like twelve or something like that. I was like, this is so sad. But th- I thought I really enjoyed those books for Fuck for me, the, until maybe I think the sixth, fifth or sixth, and I was like, this is too boring. I just gave up, or maybe I got too old. 
Charlie Higson. There it is. Charlie Higson, yeah. He's a good Bro, rider. Oh, oh my God. I have not thought about yeah, I remember, this book. I remember the feeling of that book. Holy shit. My God. How many books was there? The Enemy. That was the other one. The Enemy, yeah. That was the Dead. I think I read The Enemy and The Dead. I don't think I read The Sacrifice. I never read that one. The Hunter. Okay. Get out of here, bro. You've, you've read... You did too many. Oh, you only did five? Okay, that's not too many. I think... Yeah, I think I... Maybe... Yeah, I think I ended on The Sacrifice. I didn't finish it. Poor Jesus. Because they got longer and longer. That was another trend with books back then. Yeah, keep it short. Like... Keep it simple. Man, if I was getting those books... I actually saw my part of me is like... What are those books again? I don't want this cover. I want the cover that I had. Yeah, I have them. I have. I still have them. Oh, man, that's bad. Jesus Christ. What's your favorite YA series? Um, That was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had a big interest in Young James Bond and Young Sherlock Holmes. Well, Young James Bond was actually done by Charlie Hickson as well. It was, it was bizarrely good. Yeah. I didn't like James Bond, but I, I liked Young James Bond. Young Sherlock Holmes, I also liked. There was another one that was also set in a zombie apocalypse. It was called... Is it Gone and all those ones? No. I, I, I never read those ones. I never ones, read so. them. Um, I think they're more... It's more of a girl book, so I never picked it up. Yeah. Um, I, even though they... I don't think they were... The covers didn't look like girl books. For some reason, all the girls read them, so... Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but there's another one that... I, I can't remember the name. It was by an Australian author, but I thought it was very good. I read, like, three of them. Oh, that was one of my favorites. I used to like the... Um, Cherub... What the fuck was it called? Cherub. Yeah, I thought Cherub was mad. I thought yeah. it was very vulgar. Yeah, it was they, like... They tits in the, like, the first book. People yeah. People like underline it in school. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Schoolware <laughs> library. Or yeah. like, it's definitely schoolware library. Yeah, sex. Sex. Tits. Underlined to see it new. Yeah. yeah. Man, look at this. Get a load of this. Those books, I remember reading them and I was like, like you know, reading them at the age of like, you know, 12, 13. I'd be like, oh, these are so bold. But I'd be like... I think at the time, you know, even I was like, "This is a bit too edgy." There's yeah, something. yeah. Like I, I came. I remember we did. We actually did it in first year in in art school, mm. and uh, we did the first chair book. And I think most people already read it, mm. but I just thought it was like it was like oh, I didn't didn't enjoy reading it. Yeah, I just thought like it was just too kind of it's a bit cringe. Even yeah. at that age, I thought it was a bit cringe. Yeah, just a bit too, like too too crude and trying to be cool. Trying yeah, trying to reach an audience mm. too too much just trying too hard yeah just try hard like yeah how do we get a bunch of teenage kids to or teenage boys you know to read these books what is it with the very tits and have them sex even though they're like 14 <laughs> that's how we do it isn't there there's like a scene where like they like they're like groping each other as well probably yeah I think I remember that yeah um what about the I can only think of the one Stormbreaker I can't remember the fucking name of the Alex Ryder yeah the Alex Ryder books oh, I like them yeah. yeah I read all of them as well I read Archangel, I think was the only one that I read, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I like I liked Artemis Fell. I really liked Artemis Fell. Yeah, I read like half or one of those books. I, I wasn't I was much of a reader when I was a kid. I only ever got I actually only really got into reading when I was in college. Yeah, I was uh-huh. in like late secondary school. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. School Degree Pleasant. I really liked School yeah. Degree. Did you read that? Yeah? yeah, I read the first three or four. Yeah, same. And then um, I fell off. Yeah, then I was like, oh, these books are too big. They're, yeah, um, they're getting to like a thousand. I was like, fuck that. Even in terms of like like width and also height, they're fucking. The books were so tall for some reason <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, then what else was there? What are good fucking? Oh, um, there was Cherub. There was. Obviously, Goosebumps. 
Like uh, I, I loved Goosebumps. Obviously, Goosebumps. I, I devoured Goosebumps when I was a kid. Yeah. Loved them. There's, yeah, I can't, th- I can't. There's some other ones that are locked in my brain. I used to like Maximum Ride. Did you ever read them? No, I never it's about it. It's about kids with wings. They're like angels. Oh, rock on, dude. Kids <laughs> with wings. <laughs> <laughs> it was by James Patterson. The other guy does all the detective books. Um, he wrote them. They're like, the chapters were literally like, they'd be two pages long. Oh, it's so it was so di- digestible. It was, it was like an, I'd read them every single time we went away. Yeah, like it was literally like an airport airport book. I'd read it on the plane and like I'd have it done within two or three days. Yeah, that's just very satisfying. Yeah, no yeah. matter. What about um fucking um oh my god, his dark materials. Did you ever read his dark materials? I read the first one. Um, I couldn't get into it though. I kind of want to because Neil fucking read them for. Yeah, he read the whole thing, didn't and he? Because we didn't have to do the first book if he read them all. Because <laughs> he was just so into them. I kind of want to read those ones. I think, like, I'm currently... Oh, man. Like, remember I saying to you, oh, I'm back reading. Yeah. That's <laughs> gone again. Man, <laughs> uh, I'm the same. I, I picked something up. And I'm like, wow, like, 60, 70 pages in a day. Like, I'm back. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's over. Yeah, no, it's over. Next day, it's like, no, nah, it's over. Yeah, it's over. You're you're now busy with college or work. Pff, good luck trying to get that reading. Yeah, in. yeah. Like, that's... Maybe next year. Yeah, maybe my... My few weeks off, I will maybe, maybe read, but also watch lots of movies. Yeah. Lots of, lots of video games and, you know, drink and stuff like that, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I believe it is time for the main event. Ran, 1985, Akira Kurosawa. The greatest Shakespeare film. With Ran, legendary director Akira Kurosawa reimagines Shakespeare's King Lear as a singular historical epic set in 16th century Japan. Majestic in scope, the film is Kurosawa's late-life masterpiece, a profound examination of the folly of war and the crumbling of one family under the weight of betrayal, greed, and the insatiable thirst for blood. Insatiable? Insatiable? Insatiable, yeah. Yeah, Ran. Ran, what a beautiful movie. Yeah, man. Visuals. Mirror, get fucked. The most beautiful. No, no. <laughs> Forget Just, about Mirror. This movie fucking invented color, man. Holy fuck. Mm, this yeah. movie is called Earthfall. Yeah, I want to know where it was shot. Because for ages, I thought it was like Mongolia or something. I thought it was about the Mongols. Yeah. Because it was just like, it's just like open plains and uh, steps. Huge mountains. Yeah, these like, it's like. Uh, like it's like every frame is is a painting, not to not to to, not to drop that YouTube channel. <laughs> not, not, not to drop that YouTube channel, but every every frame is 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 it's it's uh, sculpted like a painting. Uh, like it looks so, uh, like it just it looks so controlled. Mm-hmm. But it's at the same time it looks there's a lot of life to everything that's happening. Yeah. So, I, I it's an insanely well, I don't know well. Made, but obviously well made. Shockingly, a Kurosawa film was well made. Yeah, well, well shot. Like it's just, yeah. it's just, it's a, it's like a cake. It's like, it's like watching. It, it's just like you just kind of sit back. You feel like you're there. As well. mm. I, I have a shit TV. It's like, <laughs> it's like thirty inch. It's like maybe like pretty less, 24, 27 inches. Um, it makes it goes when you turn it on. But I, I was sitting there, sitting there, they working, and uh, I was just, I was just there. I, I was what last night as well because it's hard to find this film. Yeah, it is. So I bought it on YouTube. Bought it, bought it last night, mm-hmm. um, and I was I was I was sticking it on. I was watching it. And I was laying back, and uh, you know, for 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 a while I wasn't there. 
I was I was in wherever the fuck this film was set. <laughs> Japan, <yeah>. Japan, <laughs> Mongolia or something. Um, and then even today as well, it was, it was uh, watching the end of it because it's a bit of a long film. Yeah, it's two hours forty minutes. Yeah, um, but like you feel you feel the scale, you feel the the epicness. Yeah, it's like a it's a real epic. Even the fact that it obviously it's basically an adaptation of King Lear. Um, with like Japanese historical characters uh, mm-hmm. fitted in, um, so it's like this kind of timeless, transcendent nature to the story. It's in Japanese. It's it's a Japanese French production, so it has this weird, has this weird like uh, animation at the start. I didn't know what this film was going to be like. Yeah, it's just like doo, 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 doo. yeah, yeah. The animation like, starts wild because <laughs> this this like, is like a proper. Uh, it pulled the rug from underneath me here. Um. But the whole thing is in Japanese. It has, it has the YouTube thing has subtitles, thankfully. But I, I feel like I didn't really need. It's one of those films where like you didn't necessarily need to have the subtitles. Yeah, because like especially because we did um, we had King Lear on our leaving cert. Yes, we did. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, back in Al's class. So like for the first like fucking twenty minutes of this movie, I was like, what was the plot to King Lear again? Same. I was like, wait, 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 who's who? I just remember Gloucester getting his eyes plucked out. Yeah, I, that doesn't happen in this movie. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't show it. Yeah. Yeah, but I was like, ah, oh, come on, show it, show the fucking. Yeah, show the eyes <clears throat> and the cliff, the cliffs at Dover. Yeah, because like when I was in this movie, and then at the start, it's like, oh yeah, the three kids, and I was like, oh, what's gonna happen here? I was like, the youngest one is gonna betray. The, the dad is that what the story is and then I was like no that doesn't make any sense because there's like two hours left in this movie so that can't be what the story is Um, couldn't remember and then as soon as he got to the first gaff and his men started acting around he's like ah yes I remember I remember now how this, how this plays out yeah. Um, so yeah I think maybe from our perspective because I could I could write a fucking essay. I could write a fucking essay on King Lear. Let me tell you that. We, we've um, written several. I have did it for college as well. I didn't have to read it again because I remembered every fucking detail about that fucking play. I completely forgot that one of the characters is called Goneril. What kind of name is that? I Is that what the girl? Yeah. The one evil the, woman? Yeah, the yeah. evil sister. Goneril. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I can't remember side characters. I just remember the overall plot at this stage. Uh-huh. Uh, especially after watching Ran because segments in Ran are now blurring into my brain I'm like I don't remember massive samurai fight and King Lear <laughs> yeah I'll skip that chapter <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it just makes sense to do you know for Kurosawa Kurosawa's most you know epic and also probably one of cinema's greatest epics to be a Shakespearean adaptation I also didn't realize that Kurosawa was like a bunch of Shakespeare adaptations. Oh, does he? Yeah, like Throne of Th- Throne of Blood. I think is Hamlet. Either that or it's Othello. Um, I think he's got like four movies that are Shakespearean adaptations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his other movies are just movies that were adapted into westerns. Which I think is funny. I think it's interesting that, like, because you got Yojimbo, you have uh, the fucking middle one, and then you have uh, Seven Samurai, which are movies that were just adapted, arguably plagiarized, um, into being spaghetti western films. Yeah, yeah. Um. Whereas, so that's, you know, western cinema taking influence by, um, influence, loose term, um, into, you know, Japanese cinema. A mirroring effect, if a you A mirroring, will. yeah. Oh, Jesus, man. Tarkovsky knew. Everything is a circle. <laughs> um, And then you have 
Kurosawa taking influence from, you know, Western shit. Mm, Bef- Shakespeare. You yeah. know, not taking influence by the movies of the 80s. And, you know, he wasn't making fucking Terminator. He was, he was like, ah, Shakespeare. I'll take that. Um, I just think it's interesting, like, the, the dialogue, you know, of some sort. Sorry, the yeah, yeah, the conversation. It, it, it's, <coughs> it's, it, it expands. It's, it's beyond time and space. Yeah, the West influencing the East. The East influencing the West. Bouncing back. It's constant conversation. It's a mad tennis game. <laughs> yeah, well, ha- is it happening now? I don't see it. I don't know. Probably somewhere. Um, Maybe. But, yeah, like this movie, one of the reasons why I wanted to watch this movie was because I saw a TikTok that was just a fucking... I literally say I saw a TikTok. I saw a snippet on TikTok of a documentary from this film. Um, (laughs) Someone's really a TikTok. Several layers of remediation. Isn't it? Like That's just (laughs) layers into it. I saw a TikTok that was just a snippet from a documentary about this movie (laughs) where... um, (laughs) Where uh, I got... I didn't I, actually watch the movie, boys. Yeah. You know, uh, this <laughs> I saw it on TikTok. I watched the whole film on TikTok. I get, I get a lot of Dragon's Den on TikTok now. Dragons, I like Dragon's Den. Yeah, man. It's a, such a dark hole, though. It just keeps it's happening funny. to me. And like I saw one clip, and it's always part one of four. And I always end up watching all fucking four parts. Um, but um, when Kurosawa was making this movie, obviously, you watch the movie. Oops. You watch this movie, you're like, color. Mad, like there's just so much color. Mad mm. blues, mad greens, mad reds, mad yellows, um, and like you get these insane battle scenes where all these like men charging in blue armor are clashing amongst the red armor. It's just it just looks insane. But there was a scene that was lost where Kurosawa wanted to have a shot take place or a whole like scene soliloquy to take place at night. In a wheat field. Mm. Problem is, uh, light. Like, how the fuck are you gonna get the light to work? So they spray painted like, like a ridiculous amount of wheat gold, mm. so that when the light, when they had the light set up, the light would like bounce off yeah. the wheat perfectly, and you'd have this like beautiful gold fields and these characters against the stark black night. The film got that like that footage got destroyed. They lost it. They lo- They just lo- they were going to keep it in, but they lost yeah, it. Yeah, they lost it. It wasn't deleted. They lost it. Wow. It got destroyed. What a waste of wheat. I know. <laughs> what a waste. It took them like it took them like forty eight hours to fucking do this field of wheat as well, and they just lost it. That's such a shame. Um. So when I heard that, I was like, shit. What the fuck else is in that movie? Yeah. Um. And like you're watching this movie, and like obviously you know whatever the narrative, you know the narrative. It's Shakespeare. Like, it's, you know, it's the story about, you know, greed taking over families and destroying families and this whole family getting destroyed because of greed. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, like, the epic scale of this film. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many people running in this film, charging at each other for these insane battle scenes. Yeah. Like, that siege at the castle and the fight at the end, it's fucking mind-blowing. Yeah, it's, very, it's mad intense. Uh, it, it does justice because you don't really see that scale even today it's cgi these days that's why it's all cgi and then you can tell like there's such a shallow depth of field it's like it's just it's just it's not the same thing like you can always tell when uh, like a scene is or has even like with lord of the rings you can tell there's like a there's an element of of reality to it there's or there's just the way it's framed or yeah. something like that like for example like the scene in endgame where they're all charging toward each other 
that that feel, that whole scene is dog shit. That film, it, yeah, that scene feels it's fake, rubbish. Uh, it's, I know the it's emotion. Muck. I know that the emotion is there for fans of the film, but like technically speaking, when you it's watch it, muck. I think that if you watch that scene and you're not a fan of the film, you don't get that sense. Whereas if you watch a scene from Lord of the Rings or Ran or you know any, the hair move. If you watch, uh, you know, Ran or Lord of the Rings or. Saving Private Ryan or something like that. I'm trying to think of like other epics. Um, you get the sense of scale. You mm. get the sense of being there. But like with that Infinity War, I don't think it's there. Yeah, you don't really get it as much these days, which is a shame considering that was kind of the earlier or like early cinema was full of stuff like that. Yeah, like that was kind of oh, like this is an opportunity that we can use. With this new form of media, is yeah, to, like Gone of the Wind and stuff like that. Yeah, it's to expand the, the, the scale of our operations, or even like like Napoleon, for example. Yeah, which we covered a long, long time ago. Or even Stanley Kubrick tried to remake it, and the whole idea was, or the Waterloo, where half the fucking Polish army was involved. Yeah, um, I've never seen that film, but like that's that's scale, you know. There's that Chinese film as well. Y- yeah, what is it? Um, Battle at Lake. Something or other, the recent yeah, one, yeah, the one that's Shang like, or something, yeah, it's like the most film, it's most people ever shot on film in, a, in one scene or something like that. It looks rubbish, but you can it looks it. dog <laughs> shit. But like, fair folks, you got a lot of people, fair folks, like that is like that's scale, that's ambition. And I think it, it ties in this case, it really ties into the uh, like King Lear. Obviously, it's a timeless tale. The reason why Shakespeare's so popular is because it's quite it's all universal themes, universal stories that c- apply basically across. All space and time transcends time and also geography. Yeah, yeah. As so this film portrays, so, like it's accessible from all corners of the globe. Um, and obviously, if you're if you're making a film adaptation, it has to adapt to the media that's going to be you know um, executed in. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, it does. That's sometimes it doesn't work, or sometimes it just they just don't bother doing that. Um, but like in in this case, it's like it's 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 Kurosawa is using the scope leveraging the scope or the ability to to expand the scope that you get with cinema mm-hmm. um to reflect the scope of the themes of kind of like the the message behind king lear like the uni- yeah. universalism like this great wide sky uh like the cl- like just like montage of, of the clouds just like billowing in the distance um like the contrast like the huge set pieces the armies and stuff like that yeah it's not something that you get by reading the play or even seeing the play, mm-hmm. but it's only something that you can get by watching a movie. Yeah, and this is the only example that I've seen of uh, like a Shakespeare play being done in that way. Yeah, same. So, which is I like. I love scale. I love big. I love big things. I love big epic scales. I love yeah you know, impressive set pieces. Yeah, you don't so get as much as all of it. Um, I also think as well that like you were saying about the the universality of Shakespeare and stuff like that. Um and then like how malleable that is because this film is definitely like this film is nineteen eighties Japan, talking about like feudal Japan, talking about the greed of that time, talking about the military and the imperialism and all that type of stuff. And it's like, you know, it's a it's kind of impossible to think about Kurosawa reflecting on Japan's history of that from you know the forties and stuff like that. Mm. In a, you know in the eighties where it's a little bit more acceptable to do that. Um, it's just, you know, it's very malleable material. And it's also because it's so universal. Um, 
I also think it's funny that we were talking about like plagiarism and stuff like that, and then Shakespeare maybe not write all of his shit. Mm, that's what they say. Yeah, so that's what some uh, people say. Yeah, just Ron. Like Ron is regarded as like one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, one thing. One thing. What did you think about the makeup on the main dude? I thought it was cool. Why? I think it looks cool, but he looks so different to everyone else. He really stands out. Yeah, I suppose uh, he does. But like, is that not kind of the theatrical element of it? No? It definitely is. Like the drama and like the theater of it. Yeah, yeah. Like even. Like, the fool doesn't have, or whatever the character's name is in this. It's the fool. The like. fool, yeah. The fool doesn't have mad makeup, but it's it's a very different character to everybody else. <clears throat> but it's it's reflective of, you know, their role mm-hmm. and the the text itself. I yeah. Think. I, I think, like, he's King Lear. It's about him, basically. Whatever his name is, Hidorata. Because um, there's him, and then there's Hidor something else as well. There's some his other son, guy as well. I think his his name's Jiro. His, his Jiro, and then his son's called Jiro or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Just, just like it's not true. confusing at all. <laughs> not confusing whatsoever. These mad Japanese names, um, but yeah, I think I thought it was cool, you know. But it's it's kind of the whole thing is very, um, what's the word? It's kind of fabulous. Yeah, you know, it's 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 stretching the limits of, um. The medium, yeah, and uh, not just in terms of color and scale and stuff like that, but it's also just it's it's there's a theatrical element to it. So it's a huge blown up play, um, put to celluloid mm-hmm. basically, um, and yeah, I, I don't know, I thought it was pretty cool, but yeah, he, he is it's, it's definitely like a it's not a realistic play at all, but <laughs> he does look completely different to every other character. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, mad L movie, I have to say, mad L movie. That's it. One I quite enjoyed. Um, that cinema. I'm thinking, right? So we're currently we're in December now. Mm-hmm. Let me have a little look up the little calendar here, because we are due very soon to do our recommended films of the year. Next episode, the one after. We do next episode, or we do the one after. Um, next episode will be released twenty sixth, is it? No, this episode gets released on the eleventh. And then recording the 19th, and then Christmas Day. Christmas Day release. That's fucking dumb. We're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing that. Yeah, we're taking the day off for that. Yeah, we're taking a week off. That is, uh, that is pointless. There's no. <laughs> talking about our metrics are already fucking bad. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, uh, we could do we could do it for next episode, and then release on, like. The God damn! If we release, year. is that a is that a Christmas or New Year's Day? sake yeah that, that's a that's a tough spot oh uh, and um, we might release this on a tuesday stevens's day you can listen to this on your stevens's day walk or something like that. yeah we do we could do yeah stevens day day after one of them wait do you want to do it next week i think for next next episode yeah. we are doing our recommended films of the year okay let's do it now with wild cards we need wild our wild cards, cards right we haven't done enough yeah do you want to submit your wild card now in it now, or do you want to leave it for the episode? We'll we'll, we'll leave it for the episode. Yeah, I that's need to go, I need to go through. Yeah, I, I need to uh, you know, find comb. Uh, yeah, see what now. Just so you know, Exorcist movies do count. So if you want, you can you can put forward, you no, know, no. Exorcist Dominion, whatever fucking film you watch today. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we should do worst as well. Oh yeah, I think we should do. Well, I suppose it'll it'll sort itself out. It will. I think we can recommend three. No, we can do two movies. From each, um, 
from no sorry two recommendations each not each franchise that we did that's fucking dumb um we'll do rocky we've done alien versus predator this year and we've now done exorcist i feel like we might be missing one but also i know that alien versus predator went on i don't think we're missing one yeah fucking ages fucking hell i think we're about alien versus predator movies for about six months this year <laughs> yeah I, I think we've only done three you know because because that that did go on for nearly nearly six months and then <laughs> rocky as well was what, six seven six movies six movies yeah 12 weeks 12 four weeks. months yeah so. Our master's not right there. There's no fucking way we did Alien vs. Predator. Fuck me, maybe we did. Maybe we did Alien vs. Predator and then we jumped straight into Rocky. Yeah, because we took a while where we weren't doing any series. Okay, so we did a little bit of fast checking, fact checking there. The Alien movies are ineligible for for uh, a suggestion. I'm sorry, Mark, you cannot put forward Prometheus. No! I'm low-key glad about that because i don't have that no we have to reopen that wound that that um that argument of you trying to push it to number one um <laughs> but the the predator movies are because we watched predator one in january so those movies count and also the alien versus predator movies count i am also annoyed because i can't put forward the greatest movie ever made Alien 3 um <laughs> oh yeah 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 and alien 4 also very alien good. 4 also great but we can do Predator movies, we can do Alien vs. Predator movies, we can do Rocky, and we can do Exorcist movies. I think they're the only franchises that we did. Star Wars, we did it at the start of the year, but that doesn't count because that was just me, and I did the trilogies in all in like each episode, so that, that doesn't count. Yeah, no. Star Wars, I wouldn't count that now. No, fuck no. Um, I also wouldn't put them forward. I think they'll be lame. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be too lame. That's yeah. it. There's a there's a line on this podcast. Um, yeah, no, we just do yeah do the recommended and then a few wild cards mm-hmm. plus the series. That should be more than enough. More than enough material. Right, Mark. What is our final recommended film for 2023? That's a that's a tall order. It's a big ask. It's hard to cap off this amazing year with uh, an amazing movie. But I, I, I recommend a film for the next episode is Brazil by Terry Gilliam or Gilliam as they call him, um, which is a film from like the nineties or something like that. Vaguely uh, <laughs> <laughs> based on Christmas. It's it's it's, it's kind of based on Christmas, and uh, I've never seen it before. I think you've seen seen it. Seen it years ago. Okay, well we'll give it another go. See what happens. Um, and we'll add some other stuff. We'll add uh, some festive features to the list as well. So we'll have a we'll have a packed schedule because we'll ha- we're both have some time off mm-hmm. from assignments and stuff over the next two weeks. So yep. be we'll less busy and make yeah. it more fun. Absolutely. And watch some fucking dog shit Christmas movies. Yeah, we'll be we'll be we'll be we'll be picking we'll be watching them so you don't have to. <laughs> don't worry. Don't we worry. We'll do it. We'll bite this bullet for you. We'll see which one's good, which one's don't not. Don't worry, we'll everyone. We'll watch Love Actually. We got you. We already did, but... You don't have to watch it. You don't have to watch that bad movie. We'll watch it for you. We'll watch it for you. (laughs) Don't worry. Good night. God bless. Bye.